Hello, universe. <clears throat> it's August second, and uh, man, I'm tired. Only because I got ten hours of sleep in the last ten hours, and it's now one fifteen, one sixteen, seventeen, I guess. Um, man, oh man, <clears throat> and I got three hours and thirty nine minutes of. Um, recording from yesterday that was just a, a brain dump. Oh, sorry. Ah. Um, on a tangential thought of how we treat the most motivated, cleverest among us with the opportunities that they're given and what Biting some of those opportunities can lead to for soul questioning. But, um, yeah, that was done while I was still running on adrenaline. So that sounds a lot peppier, I'm sure, than anything I'm recording right now. And, yeah, 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 I know I need to wake and bake. I've already had one bong hit, but, um, well... And when I say bong hit, again, just to be clear, because there are some of you listening now who are listening to things that I'm sure you haven't listened to before, uh, anything of mine, nor should you, there is no reason to listen to me. I am simply doing this as a project for self-satisfaction, meaning I don't care what I talk about. What I talk about matters because it has to be the truth. And I'm a recovering compulsive liar as much as I'm anything in life. And as someone who had tried to stop lying actively at various points in life, and yet found myself incapable of it, at some point, I'm going to call it 2017, 18, 19, lies stopped happening in my life. And not only did they stop happening... But truth of a very confidence-building nature started emerging. And not that I wasn't confident before, but I knew where I was going with purpose for once. That I'd never felt before. And these were things that I started feeling before I ever realized they were happening. I'm not a person who... um, I need to see something in terms of circumstantial evidence many times before I start to believe that maybe something here is different or has changed. And so even when I caught myself, I'll call it truth blurting responses or um, or even uh, dialogues, initial offering. Uh, In other words, People would ask me questions that maybe I'd had a version of or the identical question before where I'd answered it in a way that was eh, shading the truth a bit or favoring my uh, specific circumstance or just fucking lying. Um, Hey, there's a mosquito on my phone. Oh, this is a moment of goddamn destiny. Come on, baby. Let's start the day right. And sorry, people. Oh, I got it. It's on my palm. There you go, Phoebe. We started the day with a bomb. Um, okay. The only thing I murder are mosquitoes. And it's probably technically not murder. I think that has to be a human being. But the only thing in life I kill, the only thing in life I would slaughter, the only thing in life that I consider worthy of putting in the hairs of cross are mosquitoes. And my house is infested with them. Probably uh, my fault, if I had to guess. But um, it's not like it was four summers ago when it was so bad that I had to have fans blowing away from me so that I could keep them off of me. And yet still they would come in and those that would come in, well, it was a death match. And clearly I'm still here. So, but I consider life a miracle. And I hate to say it in that phrase because that means I'm bringing God or everything else into it. And, I'm not even saying that's wrong, but 
I'm in awe of life, period. And the simplicity of that means even the fly. Oh, so I said I only, I only seek out mosquitoes. But if a fly makes itself present in my room for long enough, well, there's a good chance I'm going to have to come to blows with that fly in a tennis match of till death do us part. And given that uh, the fly situation has actually uh, only, it was about seven to ten days of management and has since been uh, nothing. So I think the fly uh, season has come and gone. But the mosquito season has basically been all summer long. And while uh, getting rid of the bucket of water that I didn't know was out back because the rains had filled a bucket of water, that's how much rain we got in Denver, um, getting rid of that, I think, took 90% of the problem away. Fuck, man, the mosquitoes have been... There are two or three in the house every night that I have to kill because they're finding me and being... uh, uh, impervious to the mosquito bite does not make it any better. It still sucks. So, um, so with that much information to start this thing off, let's get back to why I'm doing this. The, hmm, the prophetic and consultative dreams have basically stopped. I haven't seen a camel lioness in a, in a while. I won't know, I won't even, I I really, uh, of all the things that this should have, it should have some documentary, uh, or documentation of my dreams, and it doesn't, that's a mistake on my part. I I even conceived of this initially as being partially a dream journal, but fairly, my dreams have been just fun lately, and again, last night were fun, to the point I'm wondering, like, Am I doing something to cue up so much zaniness in my dream life? Like it's stuff like roller coaster rides or zip line rides or just seeing groups of people that I haven't seen forever. Um, I, and and I've even woken up mid-dream a couple times in the last month just kind of giddy because of what I'm getting through to in my dream state right now. So they don't feel... They don't feel instructive at all. They just feel exhilarating. And I go through periods like this, but not for long. Usually my dream state is something deliberate, or it feels like it's providing something deliberate. And currently, it feels like it's just giving me the keys to the amusement park of inception. And I'm, instead of being all pensive about my architecture. No, 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 I'm just throwing theme park ride after theme park ride after theme park ride with people I haven't seen in forever together and having a hell of a time. But that means I'm sure tonight I'll be exploring some old ruins in Peru wondering, (gasps) how did they think this wasn't connected to the pyramids? That's obvious. Um, And then I will be waking up probably in daylight, um, because I've been, one of the reasons that I, at one ten after getting 10 hours of sleep, uh, meaning yes, that I fell asleep at three in the morning because I worked from 11 to one to finish up what I did last week at the Home Depot. And this, the situation of getting 20 to 25 hours a week there in the middle of the night, um, doing work by myself, that is on an agenda that I'm setting, that does have mild attraction because of, believe it or not, the satisfaction I can get from doing that work. And as evidenced by last night's sort of, uh, what would you call that? A mental photo I took of aisle 14, which is the main power tool aisle, um, which is always in some level of chaos. But not last night. When I finished completely what we call striping every bay in the aisle, meaning that if 
a product is sitting there and there's a box behind it, it's the same product. And if there are four of them, but there's room for five, that means I only have four. And if you see seven and you know that I stuffed that seventh one in there because it barely fits, if you look directly up, there might be 15 more of them straight above your head. Because however many of those I have are in that vertical right now. Now, it is 1.30 now, almost. So, let's say it's probably already compromised. They've been open for seven hours. But, one can hope, right? And, <clears throat> so that's what I do. And yeah, that sounds awful to 90% of you. I would hope. I would hope it sounds awful to 98% of you. But the 2% of us who like to see things in what it I would describe as disheveled state turned into precisely organized per standards that we all know exist and agree upon state. I don't mind doing that work. In fact, I like doing it because I have to do it for myself all the time. I'm constantly in disheveled state. So reorganizing and tightening up my systems kind of what my whole life's about. <laughs> that's kind of what I do for everything going on everywhere. So if that's what I have to do for work, I actually find it to be pretty mind-numbingly simple work. And not taxing to the point where, say, uh, let's what's taxing work to me would be somebody having me... Um, uh, <laughs> organize, uh, not organize, uh, redistribute the stuff you see in the main aisle, all those cardboard boxes that are barely have enough integrity to stand up for a week, let alone the month that they're set to sit there. Once those start collapsing, I want you to take all that and figure out how to put it in the store. I don't want that job ever, ever. Um, I don't want the job of, uh, of, uh, doing the overhead, or, over, overhead organization uh, in tile floor and tiling? No. No, no, no. Don't want that job either. And so, I, and frankly, I don't want any other job in the store. I don't even want to help customers. And it's not that I don't want to be there for a customer who has questions at all. Because those experiences are still some of the better experiences you can have. But 95% of customers coming in now are coming in trained to ask why they can't find this item in Bay 11, aisle 14. Well, today, it's because it's not there and we don't have it. But most days, that sends you on a quest of inventory, recollection, and management. That's all we really do anymore. And that and trying to uh, get product on the shelves. So when it comes to getting product on the shelves, we're usually so far behind that we're doing it in too big of a hurry. And so we end up having to do what we can just to get things organized enough to be shopped, even if they can't be found. And that can't be found part fucking sucks. Because you know it's in the store, you just don't know where. And because it's misfiled, it could be anywhere now. Well... What I'm doing is correcting that problem. If everything is organized exactly as the base should be, then whatever we can't find doesn't exist. It needs to be eradicated. Now we know we have a baseline of this is the store. As it comes in, as it goes out, what gets missing? Those three categories are now the three that matter that can be tracked. And as long as we're tracking them correctly, we should never have a problem again. In theory. Of course, when humans get involved, none of the theories stand up to the goddamn test of time. So you end up having to figure out the contaminants that humans bring into the system and how to put, uh, what does physics call those? Uh, the universal constants in place so that we can fudge the data. We call that, what, shrinkage? Shit like that. But... 
I'm not speaking for Home Depot, I'm speaking for corporate America. And I'm not even speaking for corporate America, I'm just using terminology that is in their lexicon of how business runs. When business runs amok with leaders of greed unchecked categories like shrinkage, those become inevitable. But business run in the substantive good for the community, good for us all, good for the individual as good gets, well, then there's no such thing as shrinkage. Nobody even knows what you're talking about. But nobody knows what I'm talking about when I describe a business system like that, because where on this planet do you see that? Oh, yeah, nowhere. Well, I mean, in time, yes, you do, but not in our time. Um, so that doesn't answer why I'm doing this, does it? No, because the Camelionesses, specifically, used to tell me I wasn't and I mean, by used to tell me, this is the kind of thing where you would go to sleep having dreamt three nights in a row that these 14-foot-tall camel lioness creatures who look like something from a Star Wars cartoon um, had these big paws for hands and would slap you upside your head. And that contact would drive a bunch of fucking sensibility into your head. And then they'd laugh at you. <laughs> and you'd do this three nights in a row. And by the time the fourth night's coming, you don't even want to go to bed. Seriously. And I know this sounds fucking dumb. I know. But this is what I was experiencing. And as I'm going through this, I really don't want to go to bed the fourth night. I don't need to be mocked by these cartoon characters and then slapped upside the head with what feels like the book of wisdom as you're experiencing it in your dream. And then you wake up and you can't remember any of what was just slapped upside your fucking head. And in your dream, you're thinking, oh, it all makes so much sense. It's so clear. And then you wake up and you're like as befuddled as you ever were. If not more so, because now you're trying to remember what the fuck they were talking about. You can't remember. You can remember, like, imagery. You can kind of put together the, there's like a theme of, of motion, of spin, that you come back with. You've got this intuition about, about sound, or whatever. Like, just these almost broad thoughts. But you have no idea what to do with them. They don't mean shit. And if anything, they're just nonsense. So... But then you go to drink, eventually you fall asleep on night number four, and what do you know? Now they're talking to you about believing in yourself and how you're lacking self love or, you know, all these other terms that you just you think to yourself. I mean, of all the classes that you would expect not to need. The ones that they give you feel like the ones that you you knew all along. So even when they're discussing things, or not even discussing, they're literally lecturing you. You're sitting there in the in the conscious state that you are dreaming, thinking, "Yeah, I get it. I already know this." And. And then some dilemma is described where you are wrong and they laugh at you and then they slap you upside the head and you see the answers and then you wake up and go, fuck, what am I doing? What is all this shit? And, uh, and it's these characters that told me that there was uh, somebody, there was a I needed my voice to be broadcast because somebody needed to hear it. An, indiv uh, an I don't know who. I don't know who. I don't even know if it's a who. And, uh, and this message was persistent enough that they would, when I would see them, they'd be like, why aren't you broadcasting? 
and it wasn't it wasn't broadcasting. I wish I sometimes I the thing I most wish I had a dream journal about was so that I could write down exactly the terminology that some of my dream characters throw at me. And it wasn't broadcasting. It was like, uh, and it was a science word too, but whatever. Um, and then, and, and I even thought that this meant that I had to start a blog and, and this goes back a little further. This was, this was something that they've been, if anything, these characters have been harassing me about why am I not broadcasting since they've been there. It's the whole slapping me upside the head with the fucking book of wisdom that happens recently and much later in our journey. I've known these characters probably 15 years, if I had to guess. And, uh, and they've been persistent dream characters probably before that. They've always been intriguing in dreams, these, these figures. And sometimes I'll dream like an ancient Egypt scene and they'll be there. Or I'll even dream something like a, like a labyrinth, you know, that I'm, I'm wandering through. And they'll be uh, characters up above watching or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, they're always in a position where I'm like, well, what the fuck are they doing here? You know what I mean? They would catch your attention in that way in your dreams. And then when they first spoke, they spoke with this, like, excellence of, like, it was like a purr, like there, there's a purr in their voice. It's really uh, seductive. And so everything about them was always intriguing. And, and what, so I've always assumed that what my mind has done is my subconscious mind is trying to deliver to my conscious mind some level of insight that I've intuited but haven't consciously been able to calculate. So my dreams provide this intriguing mystical character for me to think, what do they have to say? So that when I hear it, I'll think, oh, that's really smart. And it's me telling myself shit that I should have already figured out. That's why in my dreams, I always think, well, I already know this. This is what I think is manifesting. I don't think I'm being visited by camel lioness spiritual creatures giving me the imparted knowledge of humanity in a way that gives me special knowledge. Nothing of the kind. If anything, I feel like the ultimate helmeted kid on the short bus who's so far behind in the basics that they're literally sending the mystics to teach me one plus one equals two. Do you get it? Yeah, I think I do. Bam! Wait, what were they talking about last night? God damn it. Why can't I remember? And I do it all over again. So... Well, then why even think there's a reason to listen to them about broadcasting? I don't. But ever since I started this, they've quit harassing me. They no longer exist. Like I said, I haven't really seen them in a while. I have, I have seen them once recently, which is why I'm saying uh, in a while. But they were in a dream where they were just sniggering at me. And, um, and and they have this very specific way of kind of laughing because you're finally getting it. So they can laugh that, uh, that they no longer have to provide that lesson. It's like a, it's not a, dis, it's not a dismissive laugh, but it's a, it's more like a look at the stupid monkey laugh. And I've always, you know, evolution issues aside, um, and not that I don't know that evolution is right. I don't know. Neither do you. Evolution seems preposterous in certain theoretical ways that clearly have not been addressed. Um, but unlike the Big Bang, where there's just a stack of evidence that is starting to show that's wrong, uh, evolution doesn't have a stack of evidence in any direction. That's its problem. But, sorry for even sidewinding there, because the silly monkey laugh that the camel lionesses give me is the last time I saw them. And I only saw them for a millisecond. I just was like, oh, look who's here. <laughs> Laughing at me. That kind of reaction. Um, so the last time they were in my dreams that I felt like we were communicating was a year or two ago, at least. Um, and, and that's probably, I'm sure it, in the last year or two, I've certainly had them uh, telling me something in my dreams. But 
they're not the only wisdom character in my dreams. Like, there are these little short dudes that show up sometimes. They're always fucking setting me straight. Um, and, in fact, one of the greatest dreams I ever had, and I mean, to, it's giving me chills right now thinking about it, is um, I had this dream where I was, it was, I only, when these guys show up, they're like, uh, I'll tell you exactly who I always thought was the inspiration for them. Um, there's a game called uh, Golden Axe on the Sega Genesis. And there is a dwarf character in that in that dream that steals your magic. That's what I always thought was the inspiration for these characters. Or, no, if you bump them, they, they throw you potions or something. They're not a main character. They're not the dwarf character with the fucking axe. That's not who I mean at all. The guy that rolls around. They are the, the thieves that come at night. And so... And that's what these characters look like. And there's never more than two or three of them in the dream. Except this one dream. Where I'm like coming up out of... Imagine um, Plato's dialogue about the cave. Well, that's what I felt was the circumstance here. is Because there were a lot of shadows involved here too. But the, the dwarves, the little short blue-hatted dudes, there were thousands of them they're all back behind this like rope and i could hear their applause as i'm emerging from wherever i'm coming from and then as i'm walking up and i know there's light in front of me i never get to the light i just keep ascending this tunnel and by tunnel i almost mean like like carved in mud like rock and just you know you barely get through almost like a like a cave but not you know but it's it's dank and uh, you're definitely underground. And um, and I'm coming up this, this, I'm continually climbing. To the point in my dream, I actually start thinking, well, how fucking long is this? Um, and they're all applauding, and the ones that are close enough are patting me on the back saying, way to go, we knew you could do it. And, I mean, it's almost making me tear up. Like, in the dream, I'm thinking to myself, how did they know I was going to do this? How did they even know I could? And <laughs> it was wildly, like, I've never felt this sense of satisfaction uh, in my waking life that that dream was providing. It was crazy. And, I mean, to the point it's making me tear up. Like, it was, it was as if I had solved a problem that nobody thought could be solved. <sighs> so, anyway. I've always had this vivid dream life. Like, I just... I don't even really talk about it with people anymore because in my 20s and teens, I'm sure I used to just overwhelm people with like, oh my God, I can't, I would just come out of my dreams with all these, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe there's another human being, except possibly my mother. But it's hard for me to believe there's another human being who has as active a dream life as me. And, in fact, when I decided to just give up on humanity about 2015, 2014, whenever that was, and, uh, and was basically just sleeping with whatever time I didn't have that I needed to live to eat or whatever, in other words, I withdrew from society completely. I wanted... I, I don't have the stones to kill myself. I'm not capable of actually taking my own life. But rather than non-existence, I chose zero investment. And in these periods of time, my dreams really started becoming directive. And so in many ways, I think maybe I dreamt myself out of whatever funk I had fallen into. Or, 
something in the environment started telling me not to care about what was going on and to just start doing things that would make my life fulfilling. And, uh, but there's no doubt my dreams gave me the motivation to go forward and, and reemerge. So part of why I'm doing this is because my dreams told me to. And much like becoming a vegetarian, if I'm dreaming something that makes me feel off and then I start acting in reality in a way that takes my dreams away, well, I assume either my subconscious or fuck the force from Star Wars wants me not to eat meat because now I don't dream about chasing down antelope on the savanna and devouring them without anything. In, in fact, devouring them alive. That was the worst part about those dreams is you were literally killing the animal as you ate it. Oh, you want to talk about something you don't ever want to dream? That. And it's not even a nightmare. It's just fucking gross. And it's, you know, fuck, you don't want to eat an antelope raw? Oh. So, ever since I stopped eating meat, I haven't had a dream like that again. And the life I'm living now, the one that makes me feel fulfilled, proud, and like I'm on a path to destiny, well, guess who's not showing up telling me how to live? Or laughing at me. Well, I guess when they do show up, they do laugh at me. But that's okay. I laugh at myself. We're all, even when we're getting stuff, we can still be stumbling. And those of us who are so graceful that they never stumble... Well, laughing at us as we stumble isn't such a big deal. Because I'm learning to be graceful. I'm no camel lioness, I know that. But there's not many moments in life anymore that I look back and think, oh, why'd I do it that way? Nope. I act now in ways that even when I think, wow, well, that was surprising. I didn't know I had that much fucking courage. Or wow, look at me, standing up for that person that I've never stood up for before. Why am I doing that today? Um, those are good surprises. To find that your tank of resolve is expanding. Or that your capacity to address and stand up for the truth is becoming stronger. Those changes in me. Unexpected, certainly, but undeniable, just as certainly. Well, that's what's led me to basically everything I'm doing. Well, I mean, except for working at the Home Depot. There's no championing truth in that specific instance. Well, for my coworkers there is, so I shouldn't say there's none of it. But there's none of it related to the corporate box structure job that it is. It just happens to be where a community of people develops. And in those communities, there's always purpose. So, yeah, there's purpose, but... <sighs> Tangent, sorry. So, then what do you have to put up with to listen to this? Well, here in episode 350, you have to put up with me not counting that this is episode 350, number one. Um, I don't have... I mean, I, I structurally set up seasons of 53 episodes because I like the number 53. I love prime numbers. I haven't gotten into that in a while. Um, but I think actually every human being is the manifestation of a prime number. And that's intriguing enough to me. But if um, 3.14159265358979, okay, I'll stop. If pi isn't the most interesting number in the universe, then what is? And if um, prime numbers aren't the most interesting phenomena within numbers, then what is? These are just sort of simple manifestations of quirk that this reality offers that fascinate me, just like humans. The unique individual, uh, well except for identical twins, which is even slightly more fascinating. But the uniqueness among us. Have you met your doppelganger? 
No, you haven't. Because in all the people you meet, we're different. You don't get to meet a copy of you. It's the greatest argument, both for and against the simulation, is that we continually produce one-offs of a unique variety. Except for those identical twins. Yeah. Um, so, uh, my choice of 53 is nothing more than personal. There's no structural uh, intent behind it. And uh, having... And knowing, knowing that whenever this initiative has done what it needs to do, I will know in real time that I no longer have to do this. I just have no idea what that even means. Maybe it means I drop dead, that I will no longer have to do this. But because I know that's the energy with which I took this project on, that's the energy that will inevitably tell me when this project has finished. And I haven't felt that energy at all. Not at all. Not even a little bit. So that might mean that I'm doing this all wrong. I would think if that were the case, the camel lionesses would be slapping me upside the head with what I'm doing wrong. And since they're not doing that, I have to assume that at least in my own unlistenable and more circuitous than necessary path to truth, well, I must be working my way towards something because I keep getting more and more out of this personally. I keep finding myself clearer and clearer in my other realities, the ones where I'm not just talking into my Samsung Galaxy S4. Um, I find those relationships and uh, actions and um, just circumstances to be more meaningful. I live the simplest life possible. As a matter of fact, I have $9 right now. But I think I'm getting paid tonight. I hope I am. If not, uh, then Friday's check, I'll have to scramble around and find a way to cash because I don't have a bank account. Um, I mean, I have a card that gets funded that costs me 5 bucks a month. Um, because I have to be inside the money system to exist, to buy food and shit. I don't grow my own food yet, nor do I ever think I'll probably have enough initiative to learn to do it and to do it to a way that I can sustain myself. So if I'm going to live through Armageddon, it's going to be based on building relationships with people with whom I am able to become an integral part of the community where they do know how to grow food. And I know how to clean a shovel, so I'll clean up all those tools you just use. But you keep growing all the food for us so that we can live. Does that make me a mooch? Maybe. Because I don't know if I have any real skills. I certainly wouldn't be able to repair a radio. Or uh, figure out how to sequence our growing cycles so that we don't toxify our dirt. Or anything useful. Is grooming a dog useful? I can get a D-minus on one of those jobs. But I feel like my life has purpose. If in no other way than to remind other people that their lives have purpose. And to talk them out of the disappointing frame of mind that it is to think this is nothing but random chance. A frame of mind I was in most of my life. So I'm not in any way saying boo you for being there no i'm saying poor you for not realizing that that is an illusion that chaotic frame of mind stuff is what's being thrown at you to trick you into failing to recognize your own purposeful destiny and the manifestation of you as such in this reality because you asked for it or demanded it, or were purposed for it. And it, it it feels weird to say shit like that, right? What do you mean? I'm special? Well, <laughs> yeah, but so is everybody else. And 
it's a hard reality to even start to accommodate if you're lost in the one that is based on atoms bouncing around and planets colliding into serene, tranquil environments like Earth. It becomes a disconnect, a point of cognitive dissonance that, frankly, you won't even allow yourself to overcome. Because in doing so, you think you're becoming foolish. You're the fool. The one thing a chaotic reality reinforces is that you haven't fooled me. Because I don't believe in anything. So how can you have fooled me? Yeah, yeah, that's... That's, unfortunately, in the land of cynical America, a little too common. But fortunately, I think it's actually um, becoming easier to argue against. And for me, it was impossible. You brought that shit up, I just dismissed you as a moron. Hang on, I gotta pause. And frankly, I think at this point I'm ready for a bong hit or seven. So, whether I share that with you, I don't know. But I'm definitely pausing here. Uh, If I can get my pause button to work. Unpause. Alright, pause. All right, uh, the, oh, I forgot to get something to drink. That was the whole reason to pause. Okay, pause. All right, and no, this will not be the Sweet Sandia Watermelon Soda beverage break, because frankly, I'm out of them, so water it is. And yes, those are the only two things I drink in life at this point. Well, no, because I had beer. <laughs> yeah, I got drunk. Well, I yeah, I mean, fuck it. I got drunk. I think that's fair to say. That's uh, that's something I do often. Even though I smoke weed 24-7, I rarely get drunk or drink alcohol because I have a contentious past with alcohol that um, makes me very cautious with that particular substance if not downright, avoid it entirely. So I can't say that now, even though I avoided it entirely for a long time. Um, Having consumed alcohol recently, all I can say is hangovers are not worth it. Nothing's worth it. Alcohol is dumb. I have a a brief discussion of it the day after it happened or two days after saying if there was such a place as a one beer uh, minimum, two beer maximum bar, that bar might be the perfect place to hang out. But the third beer, though not always the catalyst to a terrible time, the fourth one, 95% of the time, and the fifth one, I would say 100%. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's the opposite of weed, whereas weed, eventually you just keep smoking it and it does nothing to you. The more alcohol you have, the worse off things you're going to get. So, uh, alcohol's everyone's own cross to bear since we've let it uh, infiltrate every corner of society. Nobody becomes an adult without at least having to reckon against or with alcohol in their own sense of what that means. Mine was and continues to be a journey of discordance. So what yours will be, who knows? But unlike weed, which has always been a journey of calm-centeredness, not always, but primarily. Um, alcohol has never even offered that outcome. So, fuck you, alcohol. Even though I don't loathe thee, I have a certain earned distaste for thee. Um, nothing at all was I getting on here to talk about when it comes to beverage consumption regarding alcohol. But since thirst is on my mind, another sip of water won't hurt my time. And these things that are different about me aren't just thoughts, my mental frame, my way I see the world. And if anything, that really didn't change. I just crystallized what it meant to reinforce my values as a human having this experience in this world. In other words, living true to who I was became the only thing I could except as my daily routine. But changes in me? Hell yeah. Like, for instance, 
all of a sudden, I had no taste for Diet Mountain Dew. I thought the recipe had changed again. But no. No, nothing had changed this time in the recipe. I just woke up one day, sickened by it. After consuming it exclusively, meaning including no water, for 15 years, maybe. Maybe more. And and if... If you went back and found some of my 20-year-ago friends, 15-year-ago friends, who I haven't spoken to in a while since then, and told them I no longer drink Diet Mountain Dew, they'd tell you, that's bullshit. There's no fucking way. Um, and they'd be right. Because at that point in my life, there would be no fucking way. I, I had 10 2-liter bottles in my fridge. I had, I, I had a contest in my place of work to see how long it would take me drinking by the can to fill an entire recycling container, the big purple containers here in Denver, of not crushed, but intact cans of Diet Mountain Dew, and then how many cans that would turn out to be, which at this point I can't remember what the number was. But it took me six, seven weeks, I think, to fill that up. Think about that. That's not a lot of time. Even I was a little... Uh, discouraged by how quickly I did it. And uh, so that was an episode that at least made me realize how much more I consumed if I just did two liter bottles because I also knew how much quantity I had normally consumed versus how many cans I had. Drinking out of a can, you can't slug 25 ounces. You have to have two cans. And having 17 cans in a day makes you think, should I have the 18th? But opening your fourth two-liter bottle at 7 o'clock at night and then your seventh one at 3 in the morning? Well, you know, in ways, you have these opportunities in life to reality check yourself that if you don't take them, you just assume, well, I just will always consume Diet Mountain Dew until I die. And then one day you go to the fridge and open one and you literally barf back bile and empty stomach acids as it goes down your throat. It's almost a reactionary barf. And you think, oh my God, am I getting sick? And then you have another sip and you barf again. And then you think, what the fuck's in my Diet Mountain too? <laughs> and then you throw that bottle away and you don't get back to it till the next day and you barf again. And you think, okay, do I need to see a doctor? What's wrong with me? And then you realize the Diet Mountain Dew doesn't even taste right. Like something's off with it. And you think they fucking changed the fucking recipe. Well, at least I can go play some tennis to feel better about it. But even on the tennis court, you're like way better at tennis than you've ever been. You're even seeing the ball differently. You just... The whole game is almost tactically new to you because you've simplified it somehow in your head. You don't know what you've done, but you're getting to balls and positioning yourself in ways that are just advantageous that you've never really even reacted to before. Or you go to a Rockies game and what you spend the entire seven minutes waiting in line to be checked for security so that you don't have a gun or fucking meth on you is noticing the structural subsupport framing on this back staircase area and how they had to leverage the wall uh, gap that creates all this beautiful view against the weight of people descending this pillar. What the fuck are you even looking at? Why, why are you noticing that? You know? And... And, and I'm even telling my dad these things, who's an architect. And he's like, yeah, well, uh, yeah, that, that load-bearing gap creates issues. And that's countermeasures against it. Yeah, I see that. Why I'm seeing it, I have no idea. I would never have seen that before. And the whole world is starting to reveal itself like that. And 
and even even my parents it was like I saw some, I could see I could see their lives influence I could see all of it and even now I know there's a secret my dad's hiding I don't know what it is and I don't want to ask about it but I know it's there it's weird like I don't know how I know this shit it's like I confronted my mom about something and I was right and I, I didn't even know why I knew it but I've been seeing the world like this for a while and what's funny is I can always tell when I'm being told a lie it just it's like my immediate reaction is that's a lie I can even tell when it's happening on TV or whatever it's like my immediate reaction in my head that's a lie that's a lie that's a lie and it's not like I'm even listening. Just all of a sudden, my head will say, that's a lie. And I'll think, what did I just hear? Oh, I guess that's a lie. And and I'll also have reactions where I know I'm not hearing truth because I know I'd be resonating with it if it were true. Like this whole UFO shit that they're doing in Congress, it's all bullshit. The question is, why? Like, why? Why is, why is that even happening? I don't know, but I know it's bullshit. I just know it is. Just like I know that thing about my mom. I knew it. And it's a really weird specific thing to have known. And it, not, not, and it, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's the untoward column of activity, but it's, it was, it was like, <laughs> how could I know that? How could I know that? How could I know that was right? I don't know. I don't know. And, yeah, maybe I heard at the age of eight some conversation that left a little kernel of knowledge waiting to behold my consciousness in 50 years. I I don't know. Again, that makes a lot more sense than somewhere in the force I intuited some information that turns out to be right. So I'm all for the impl- the, the explanation that is not mystical. But as I'm having all these <laughs> revelation moments, well, I can't help but consider the mystical. I have to. As a true evidence-based creature demanding some level of experiential explanation, I now have to consider the mystical, especially after the Mandela Effect. If that doesn't make you feel like an NPC... I don't know what could. To have your own history shift in marked ways that are denotable because you're not the only one experiencing them. There's a whole group of us in this binary of otherness. <sighs> well, at some point, I even quit caring to figure out what the fuck's going on. Except truth. That is the driving force in life. is to suss out the truth. And to fix it, all that's broken. But having to know why now seems unknowable or unrelatable or even not pursuable because knowing it doesn't matter. It is. This is what we have. This is the reality in which we are miraculously able to manipulate matter and act with intent from within to drive change. The very power, we say, belongs to the gods. Which has never lacked the irony to me that it seems to completely miss people all around me. We are the gods. We always have been. And while I do believe that somewhere someone came along and stunted our ability to communicate without language, 
I know that we still do it. We just don't know that we're doing it. We still have the ability to do everything that we were doing magically. We're just stuck in a reality that constricts us from knowing those magical intuitions are not just real, but they're powerful. They're what the whole point of humanity's emergence in this real space-time continuum meant. We are the manifestation of pure good intent. Now, why we've been manipulated to entertain ourselves through actions otherwise, I don't know. I don't know if Pandora's box literally is the metaphor that makes the most sense, or if by design, goodness has to intersect with anti-goodness. This universe may be set up for that collision to occur, and we may be the very active agent within that proves the universe's energetic distribution laws exist. Participating inside of that as something self-aware but not connected is fucked up. I'll give you that. (laughs) It creates all this disharmony that we have to live with. But the disharmony we have to live with is because we're allowing that disharmony to live with us. We didn't live in this disharmony always. We just do now. And do I think we can get out of it? Yes, but do I think we're going to just decide to get out of it and that's going to get us out of it? No. Even though that really is the solution. I just know that there's more... Oh, yeah, that must have felt good, Phoebe. I could see you building that one up for a while. It's like purging a sneeze. You can feel it coming on. It's almost tickling you. And then, bam, you feel so much better. It's that feeling it coming on that's happening right now. If you're, and I'm vibrating like a clock, but if you are, if you are tuned in to the upswell of energy and you ever actually are tapped into it, the body high is, wow! Yeah, like right now, I've, oh God, that feels good. And if you're, if your emotions are your soul's way of expressing truth, then any of this angst and stress and all this other stuff that we're going through is your emotions way of telling you it's being done wrong. And I don't, I don't know what level of connectivity now exists for me to my old selves, to my new self, to this self, to every other self I've ever been. But I, I feel like what, what I gain every day now is another layer of complexity from my past lives that makes this life simpler. I don't feel like I'm having um, intuitions because I've uh, allowed them to occur. I feel like I'm having intuitions because I'm believing more in myself about who I am. Somebody who can easily tell people that whatever's hanging them up is not their fault. The progress I've made with my mom since essentially surprising her with a piece of information that I should never have known has been, it's as important to me as the book that I would save if this house were on fire. So in some ways, I don't need that book anymore because I know where I stand with my mom 100%. But to have that little gift back at a time when I'll miss her the most, well, of course it matters to me. And it matters to me enough that I would run into a house on fire to find it. So... I don't, I don't negate what I'm going through now with the dismissive tones that I used to negate my mystical experiences when I was committed to chaos. I embrace them. And because of that, I keep having them with people I shouldn't. I'm being 
rewarded in personal interactions with people on a level that will bring me to tears if I start thinking about it. My life has filled itself with meaning. My life is now dedicated to purpose and destiny in ways that I didn't believe could manifest. These notions of which I speak, it's as close to some sort of level of born-again framing as I can describe, even if I don't believe that I'm being persuaded and moved by some level of mystical force of which I'm not a participant. I fully believe I'm engaged in my life, and what I do decides how well my life moves forward, just like everybody else. But having found a rhythm now where I don't have to think about what I'm doing to move my life forward, I just continually am impressed by the person that I am in circumstances I find myself. I, I didn't know this could happen. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know I could have those moments regularly, let alone feeling like I'm living my life by them. And so to share all that as much as I can feels like an obligation I have to everybody because whoever's voice it is that is out there that needs to hear this one so that they can somehow unwind whatever nut of chaos they've cracked themselves into. Well, I was that person forever. And I would never have been able to hear this voice and unwind myself. So I don't know why somehow the camel lionesses think someone else can do that. But if just me into the phone every day allows somebody else to get past what I got past, well, fuck man, I would do this forever. Seriously. Because my life now, compared to what it used to be, I would never go back. My life now is... It's everything I always thought it should be. So, if yours isn't, well, keep listening. Maybe we'll figure out why. Or don't. But go figure out why. Just don't necessarily think that listening to this is going to do it. And here comes three minutes of irrelevant stuff, so... It's already been over an hour. I think that's enough for today. Y'all... There's nothing about life that matters except becoming a better you. That's the purpose of life. Now go do it. So, you know what the worst thing is about pushing the envelope like the financial industry has to see how um, manipulative they can be in their um, EFTs or you name it, whatever shenanigans they're pulling behind the scenes. When the comeuppance finally arrives, and in this case it's just going to be fines and firings, nobody's going to jail, nobody's really serving any true moral reckoning, but in our own, I'll call it stunted, view of justice here in the United States, the players that get involved in that are the contaminants of the system that now have to be purged and either purged by forgiving themselves and coming correct, which some of them do. There's reason to encourage that certainly. Um, but those who won't, who only see the next opportunity as sliding inside the educational system or maneuvering their way into nonprofits or, however else they see advantage in the system that can be taken. Now that they're advantaged players, well, they're going to go take advantage. So when we purge something like the contaminants that maybe Wall Street serves up or pharmaceutical industry is training, whatever opportunities exist for those who are willing to do whatever it takes to get ahead, those industries, well, learning whatever it does in you to say it's okay to be that person? Well, once you have become that person, I still believe we can talk about using your talents in a way that's productive and not selfish. Because I believe if I do anything in August, I'm going to walk that journey and figure out how it happened as much as I can.
because I'm not being hypocritical here. Nobody likes a good scheme like I do. I just realize now that any energy I put towards schemes was misappropriated. And even though you may be as successful or more successful in the eyes of the peers around you, if that success doesn't translate to sleeping with the simplest and most deep thoughts of self-satisfaction for how you're synced up with the universe. In other words, if there's a buzz of 9-volt battery on your tongue, disharmony, that just rests underneath you close enough that when it pops, it simmers like a fucking volcano. Well, that may be indicating your life isn't being led the way it could be led to give you the most satisfying feelings at the end of every day. And I know we're creating people left and right in this country that are suffering this dilemma. Haven't gotten out of it. I think August might be our month to chat. And I'm going to pause and get the fuck away from here. Well, a little while. I got to go play some tennis. <laughs>